Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome again to the podcast. Today, we're doing another new car. We are doing the Peugeot 508 Peugeot Sport Engineered, and apparently, it's the most powerful road car ever. Let's dive in. Peugeot has officially launched its new Peugeot Sport Engineered or PSE division with the introduction of the 508 PSE plug-in hybrid. Previewed by a concept shown last year at Geneva, the new model is available in five-door liftback and wagon configurations, and it, and it is the French, the French brand's most powerful road car ever. With the fastest mid-size models in its sights, the new 508 PSE boasts a total output of 360 PS, or 355 horsepower, and or 265 kilowatts, and 520 newton meters, or 384 pound-feet of torque. It packs a plug-in hybrid powertrain that combines a turbocharged 1.6-liter engine with two electric motors, one on each axle, plus an 8-speed automatic transmission and four-wheel drive. As a result, the car is capable of sprinting to 100 kilometers per hour, or 62 miles per hour, in just 5.2 seconds. The automaker claims that from 0 to 119 kilometers per hour, or 50 to 74 miles per hour, sorry, that from 80 to 119 kilometers per hour, or 50 to 74 miles per hour, it needs just 3 seconds, whereas the top speed has been electronically capped at 250 kilometers per hour, or 155 miles per hour. The average fuel consumption is rated at 2... 2 liters per 100 kilometers, or 115.7 mpg US, or 139 mpg UK, and the CO2 emissions stand at 46 grams per kilometer in the WLTP cycle. The 508 PSC features five driving modes, including electric, which lets it cruise for 42 kilometers or 26 miles in complete silence. Meanwhile, Comfort mode softens up the suspension for a more relaxed experience behind the wheel, and hybrid automatically selects between the eternal the internal combustion engine and electric power for optimized fuel efficiency. In sport, you enjoy full boost with sharpened steering, a throttle, and steer and suspension. Sorry, this mode also features a fake engine sound system. Ugh. Ugh. Finally, the four-wheel drive mode provides the maximum possible traction on slippery surfaces. The 11.5 kilowatt-hour battery, which does not eat into the boot capacity nor the cabin space, can be charged in less than seven hours when using a standard domestic socket. The time, the time drops to under 2 hours at a 7 kilowatt wall box. Available in sel selenium gray, pearl white, and narrow black with bright green accents that are a nod to its electrified nature, the 508 PSE features an aerodynamic body kit with front winglets and rear diffuser and rides on 20-inch wheels shod in Michelin Pilot Sport 4S tires. No red, no blue, no... No... No interesting colors whatsoever. Peugeot, you're doing it wrong. How could you do it so wrong? Mixing Mistral Napa leather and Alcantara, the cabin is decorated with double stitching in Tramitane Gray and Kryptonite, with the latter being found on the outside as well. The model is supplied with the iCockpit, digital heads-up display, 10-inch touchscreen infotainment system, focal premium audio system, and heating and massage functions for the driver's seat. The 508 PSE is also equipped with the... With all the driving aids available to the rest of the range, such as the automatic emergency braking, night vision, lane departure warning, and adaptive cruise control with stop and go. Consigning with the launch of its performance division, Peugeot has also announced that it will return to Le Mans for 20, no, from 2022 with a new hypercar. With all those technical details out of the way, let's talk about the looks. And immediately I have to say, I like the face. 
And I like the vertical DRLs that go into the normal uh, headlight units at the far ends. I think that's a, it's almost like the inversion, the inversion of the Cadillac Escalade's taillights, where you have the taillights that that shape the outside of the Escalade and go basically from the mid all the way to the top of the D pillar. What Peugeot has done is do the inverse of that. So with headlights, and they don't, they're not quite as far out as the taillights are on the Escalade, but they go near the edge of the front bumper, and then they go from the headlights to the lower bumper. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I think it looks really, really good. Perhaps it's not the most aggressive front end. I feel like there's not enough character in the face. It It's almost like, to me, it's an M-Sport model from Peugeot. It's not really what would be the equivalent of a GTI to me. It's not quite that, but it looks good, especially with this really, really... Not trippy, but really interesting livery that they have on the car for the press photos. The side that I'm seeing here kind of reminds me of the, the Dart-based Chrysler 200, which makes me... All the sadder that we didn't get a Chrysler 200 SRT6, which we really should have because that would have been awesome. But, oh well, we kind of, at the very least, someone has made a performance sedan in the form of the 508 PSE. I, I'm, I'm okay with the taillights. They're not amazing. They're just three s slanted vertical slots. Not slots, they're slits, but anyway. Yeah, they're okay. They're not bad. If I can find some more. Yeah, okay, we don't have much of the rear end, but... It is what it is. Oh, wait a minute. Is this of the rear end? Yeah. It's okay. Very Peugeot, just a little dull to me. The quarter window's a little strange. It really... It, it's a really sloped roof line, the 508 has. It has a really, really sloped roof line, which is a little strange to me. I almost wish it wasn't so sloped because it... To me, the rear end is too... It's almost... It drops down too much to me. It's almost like there was a Mercedes concept for a while ago that did a similar thing, but it looked better. But, yeah, I, I'm i not entirely sure how I really, really feel about the rear end. It's just, again, to me, it's a little too flat. It's a little too boring. It's, what is the word? It's really just flat. It's a really flat-looking rear end. It's, it's weird to say, but the roofline almost slopes down too much for me. I feel like this car would look better with a less sloped roofline near near the passenger window to the c pillar the front end is fine it's just to me oddly proportioned i wish it didn't have such a sloped roofline it's it's odd it's odd but i like the exterior i do wish it was a little more aggressive though i feel it looks a little a little too similar to normal 508s or at the very least it could be mistaken for an appearance package rather than the performance model that it is with 355 horsepower but the aftermarket will hopefully fix that. Let's talk about the interior now. I think I've said on a number of occasions that I'm not totally sold on Peugeot's new steering wheel. It has a massive airbag cover that just seems... It seems like it's really going to get in the way with driving because it just takes up so much so much real estate on the interior. There's no center spoke whatsoever. It is a two-spoke design primarily. I mean, they have a lower portion, but it doesn't actually connect to the bottom of the steering wheel. There is a flat rim steering wheel, though... Considering how how wide the circumference of the steering wheel is, I'm not entirely sure how much this flat bottom actually helps. Um, and, and another thing that I that I notice is that the bottom half of the steering wheel that circumference seems to be it seems to be taller than the top part. So the bottom half of the steering wheel, if you were to grab, would be further away from the middle than the top part, and that's entirely unbalanced. I'm sure it doesn't actually work out that way in usage, but it looks that way, and I'm not a fan. I'm really, really not a fan. But yeah, the airbag cover is, is 
huge. It's it if you t- if you took the airbag cover off and then cut some holes in it, it could probably be used as a mask for for someone looking to do harm. Let's be nice about it. It it really does add a lot of weight. It just looks clumsy. That's the word I was looking for. It adds some clumsiness to the steering wheel to me, not at all the sportiness that it should have. The rest of the dash is also a little awkward. They the gauge cluster is nice and high up, which is good, so you can see it over the steering wheel. But it also looks really, really far away. It's sort of up and back from where you sit, which is really strange. And that's kind of the case for the rest of the interior, especially the top of the dash. I mean, the top, the air vents, where the where the central infotainment is, though it's not, it's not really near that. It's up and further back. Is is up and further back. It's the air vents are really, really far away. At the very least, where the touchscreen is on the driver's side, where the door is, where the door is, it's not as far away. The passenger side, it looks a little far away, but it could be worse. There's a lot of there's a there's a massive flat surface on the dash. So where the where the touchscreen is, big flat space, and then behind that you have this blue this blue accent. Maybe it's lighting. Maybe it's an accent color and then on top of that you have the rest of the dash structure again it's just it's really really far away it's almost like you have a shelf where the touchscreen is it's almost like you have a shelf you could legitimately you could put a stick of celery there or maybe a small cup of apple juice it's there's that much flat real estate between the lower portion of the dash where the center where the central infotainment is and then where the top of the dash is where the gauge cluster and the air vents are it's it I don't you could make the argument it makes the interior feel airy. I just feel it makes the interior feel distant. And I don't really like that. Moving on to the central infotainment though that we've been talking about. I mean, there's the it's there's only one central infotainment. But anyway, moving on to the infotainment system, it looks a little small. I think they said it was 10 inches or 10.1 inches, but looking at it in the press photo, I mean, it's horizontally oriented, but it doesn't look 10 inches. It's wide, but it's not tall, and I feel like it would need to be a little taller to get the full 10 inches in there, but perhaps it's wide enough. Perhaps it's wide enough for that. Let's see if we have other interior photos. We do not have any other interior photos. So, moving just below the infotainment system, there seem, there seem to be a few, not levers, what would it be? The small ones that you see on airplanes, especially overhead. I'm forgetting what they're called, I'm brain farting, but... You have a similar arrangement there. I can't see if they're actually functional and if they and what functions they actually serve, but they're there. Below that, you have the, it looks like you have a heated seat button. You have some kind of off button. And below that, you have the center console. You have your engine start button. You have your cup holders way behind that. You have another storage bin. And then you have the gear selector. And the gear selector is, I very greatly dislike it. It's, how would I explain it in, because I have a way of explaining it, it's just not a PG term. Uh, what would be a PG term of explaining it? The gear selector looks like the handbrake. It's, it's kind of squared. It, it's really, really tough to explain, but it, it looks like it would be a handbrake. Like the one where you push the button in and then yank it, like a hydraulic handbrake. That's what it looks like. It's a little rounded, almost like a bridge beam, but... Yeah, it looks like it would be a handbrake. You'd grab it, you'd grab it like you would grab a sword if you had, if you had the sword painted, or sorry, pointed down towards the ground. You would grab it with your hand in that kind of position. Sort of like, instead of how people twist when they punch like in boxing, imagine punching with a vertical orientation, okay? That's the way that you would grab 
the gear selector. And I mean vertical and down. Not like with the not like with the TRX, where it's vertical but horizontal, where it comes just largely straight up out of the out of the center console. No, you fish your hand around and down. It's incredibly awkward to explain, and it looks even more awkward awkward just to see here. It looks like it would be even more awkward to operate. It's actually here's a good example. You know you know for forearm exercises where you get a really long object and then you grab the furthest end away the clo the furthest the closest end towards you for a forearm forearm exercise and you hold you hold the object perpendicular to the ground and then you move your hand down down so that you get your foot you get your forearm into full extent uh you open your forearm all the way up and then you go the opposite way to get it into full contraction. So you go full extension all the way down. Again, that's what that gear selector looks like. It's so, so mind-bogglingly awkward. It's, it's, it's the type of gear selector that makes you say, why? Well, what was the problem with a normal gear selector? Why couldn't you have just done a normal traditional, even a rotary? Why couldn't you have just done a rotary? Because it doesn't look cool. What, what kind of gear selector is that? It's so, so needlessly strange. It really is. Unfortunately, I can't talk about the rest of the interior, though, because we don't have any other photos of the rest of the interior. So, exterior, I will give a 7. It looks good. It's just too sedate to me. The interior, I will give a 5.5, a 5.7. It looks, material-wise, it looks good, but it looks entirely awkward. It looks wholly, wholly awkward, and I... I am not a fan. Switches, that's the word. Where this, where the infotainment is just below that, it has some switches, plain style switches where you would push up. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, it has some, not buttons, but genuine switches. But yeah, it looks good. A, a little odd, I guess, but good. But yeah, so overall, I, eh, I, I like the exterior. It's just too, it's too sedate. It is not aggressive enough for me. And then the interior, ergonomically, to me seems challenged. It is visually an ergonomically challenged interior and I really wish that it wasn't. But anyway, what do you guys think of the Peugeot 50E of the Peugeot 50E PSE? Do you think it's good? Do you like the exterior? Do you not like the interior? Are you opposite from me? Tell me what you think. Anyway though, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast if you're watching on YouTube. Please make sure to like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, I really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Please make sure that you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications. That way you're obviously notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have to want the Podbean mobile app, hey, no problem. Just put it wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. Make sure you do all that before you set off. Okay? Don't do that while you're driving, even if it's in the neighborhood. Anyway, though, I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.